Amen. We're celebrating his life, which was a gift. It's through Christ that we have salvation. It's through Christ that we have forgiveness of sin. It's through Christ that we have redemption, redeeming. He redeemed us. He purchased us back. He paid the price for us. He valued us, and he said they're worth the price of life, and he gave his life for us. It's through Christ that we have victory, victory over the devil, victory over the enemy, Victory over sickness, victory over disease, it's because of Christ. So as we celebrate Christ today, we're not just celebrating his birth, we're celebrating his life. And we're celebrating the victory that he brings. It's through Christ that we have peace. He purchased our peace and he gave us his peace. It's through Christ that we have healing. It says that by his stripes we are healed, we were healed. It's completed, it's done by the stripes that he bore. It's through Christ that we have rest. As we celebrate this time of the year, this is a holy time of year. And I believe we should celebrate Christ every day. But there's something that happens this time of the year that even people that don't believe Christ will recognize him. I've been listening on the radio and I'm hearing a word, two words being said that I haven't heard for a number of years. Merry Christmas. It's a time where we get to celebrate Christ. It's through Christ that we have relationship. He broke down the wall that separated. Sin separated us. And Christ came and he broke that wall down. And he says, no, I'm coming so they can be back in the family. It's through Christ that we've been reconciled and we've been put back into proper relationship and wholeness. It's through Christ that we have covenant because he established a better covenant. His covenant is perfect. His covenant is whole. His covenant is better. As you hold the elements this morning, if you have the bread in your hand, his bread symbolizes his body that was broken. It was broken so that you and your broken pieces could be made whole. He's amazing. And we're celebrating Christ. The world is celebrating and recognizing Christ. And his body was broken. He was whole. He became broken. So those of us who are broken could become whole. That's the Christ that we serve. That's the Christ who we come and we adore. That's the Christ who we come and we celebrate this morning. So if you have your elements, take, take the bread. And I'm just going to thank God for this. And then as I complete this, we will just take, eat. It says in the Bible, we take, eat in remembrance of him. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this symbol of you and what you did for us. 
that you were broken. The one who was complete, the one who was whole, the one who was perfect became broken and your body was broken so that those of us who are broken and incomplete and imperfect could become whole through you. So Lord, I thank you for breaking your body so that my body could be whole. Amen. Let's take it and eat it. It's through Christ we have forgiveness of sin. His red blood washed us white as snow. And it's funny because blood is one of those things that is hard to wash out. And yet because of Christ... We're washed whole and white and pure. It's forgiveness of sin. Christ offers forgiveness of sin through the blood that he bled. Blood speaks of life, and he gave his life. So if you can take the juice this morning. And Lord, I thank you for this, Lord, which is a symbol of your blood that you shed for us so that I could have a right relationship with you. Lord, as we partake this morning, Lord, we remember this time of year, Lord, that seems to bring our focus, seems to bring other people into picture, Lord, seems to bring goodwill. And Lord, those may be emotions, those may be feelings, those may be just sentiment, but Lord, we recognize and understand that it's because of you we get to enjoy forgiveness and the goodwill that you brought to us. So, Lord, we thank you for shedding your blood to forgive my sins and to give me life. Amen. You can drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just play this, just the chorus through. Let's just take a moment and thank him. Just thank him for what he did for you. Amen. For he alone is worthy. Alone. Oh, for you alone are worthy. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Christ, amen, amen, hallelujah, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, amen, hallelujah, children you may be dismissed for Sunday school and the teachers you may be Dismissed as well. Hallelujah. This week on Thursday evening, we had the privilege, a few of us, Pastor Winona, myself, Pastor Brenda, and Jared joined us, and, and we went to the Abbotsford Police Department, and uh, through some connections and, and contacts that Jared knows, he was able to, uh, to arrange for us to, to meet uh, a representative from the police department 
and they actually took us in. Um, we went behind locked doors as free men. And uh, we actually got to address a shift uh, team. And apparently there's two shifts. One shift starts at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they bring in an, an extra number at 6 o'clock. And as we were talking to the representative, a gentleman, he said, well, I asked even the guys that came in at 4, I asked them to come back for this. And so there was about 15, 14, 15, somewhere in there. I could be wrong by a couple, but there was a number of them there. And Jared shared with them and just told them that we had raised some money to give them a thank you and, uh, and, a, and a gift card from Timmy's. And uh, we were able to give them 225 gift cards. Okay. 220, if you look around, we have 168 seats, actually 167 seats in this congregation. 167. So that means every seat plus. And the gift cards were for $13.50. And when we approached the church, you, about a month and a half ago, my hope was to be able to get $5. So we surpassed that by two and a half times. And then Tim Hortons gave an extra coupon for another beverage. So all it's told, we were able to pass on about a $15 plus value to 225 of our police officers. So, Justin is going to try to get that picture up. Okay. So, thank you for that. That is your generosity. That was, and, and I can't tell you the impact it, it had on me. I, I communicated a little with Jared, and he mentioned how much he thought it was powerful and and uh, through some of his um, experience of dealing with public um, it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome when you're able to give something to somebody else for nothing <laughs> it's pretty amazing to be able just to uh, as as I I got this crazy idea <laughs> if you know me if you know me, I come up with crazy ideas. I thought, you know what, there's 52 weeks of the year. If I can put a dollar aside every week, that will be $52. If I could put a dollar aside every week in 2018, at the end of the year, I could walk up to a complete stranger and give them a $50 bill and just walk away. Okay, come on. Come on. Think about that. Can you find four quarters, one loony, a week? I'm not asking for, for a day. I, I might even try to go for a day. But can you do it one dollar a week? And at the end of the year, could you imagine what it would be like if we just said, you know what, let's just go to High Street and just walk through High Street and give complete strangers. Here's 50 bucks. Here's 50 bucks. Get, Huh? And, and there is something that happens inside for blessing people. We're wired that way. Okay? 
we're wired that way. And what it actually produces is there's some things inside of you that it produces that are good for you. Okay? So I want to challenge you. A buck a week. And then we do a, we do a pop-up event at High Street. It's called a flash mob. These days, it's called pop-up. Uh, I tell you, he, he, he's like so 2016, I tell you. Yeah. I also want to thank Pastor Nelson, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Sean. You guys preached amazing sermons on birthing. And I believe God's birthing something in each one of us this time of the year. And, and we, we looked at that on purpose as Christmas, but I believe not only the birthing of our Savior, but I think God, I believe God is birthing something in each one of you that is bigger than you and is greater than you. And some of you might not recognize it. Some of you might not totally see it. But I'll tell you this. Other people recognize when people are pregnant. <laughs> and they say, you know what? I can't quite... I can't, something's happening. So I want to encourage you. Um, don't be surprised if you get emotions from God that you might not have had before because he's birthing some. Some of you, he's birthing hope. And that hope isn't just meant to be here. It's meant to be outside. Some of you, he's birthing compassion for other people that you've never had before. So there's, there's some birthing going on. And this morning, I want to preach, and next Sunday, my wife is going to preach on birthing the supernatural. So I'm looking forward to that as we close out the year, December 31st. But this morning, I want to talk about birthing of a Savior. And I'm going to try to, to um, stay on point here and not go to too many stories of myself or my childhood or my family. But I want to, if you can turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and I want us to see a few thoughts, and this is a popular passage at this time of the year, but I want us to see a few thoughts about the birthing of our Savior. And we're going to go down to verse 8, and we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 14. And it says, in the same region, there were some strange shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Say good news. Say great joy. All people. That is what Christ means to everyone. The birth of a Savior is good news, great joy for all people. It's not just for those of us inside this church building, but Christ, the birth of Christ, is for everybody to enjoy. He says, I've, I've got this good news, great joy, which will be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there shall be born for you, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. The greatest birth of all in all of history. Can you imagine what that looked like? The greatest birth of all history. And as we look at that this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at verse 11, and I want to give you some thoughts about what it looks like, what a Savior looks like. And it says in verse 11, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is a Savior? Well, if you were to look at the word Savior today, you'd probably use the word superhero. It, if the best description, the simplest description I could give you of a savior in today's vernacular and today's media and today's uh, presentations and everything in front of us is a superhero. And if you look in the movie industry, one of the biggest movie industry and the largest franchise is all about superheroes. Why? Because everybody wants to see and celebrate a superhero. Not just a hero, but a superhero. Kids dress up like Batman. Kids dress up like Superman, Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Iron Man, even Ant-Man. I mean, all these, but what they're doing, they, they're, these people have all got something that helps other people, and they're considered a savior or a superhero because they come and they take care of that city or that community or that region, and they fight against evil that is happening. And by the way, good and evil are not equal. Good and evil are not equal opposites. God, Jesus, was not created. He is. Satan was a created being. He is not the same as Jesus. And sometimes we equate good and evil almost as equal. No. In today's culture, we often see that. But in the biblical context, Jesus is not a created being. He is. And Satan, who fell from heaven, who was created as an angel, fell. And so we get this picture of good and evil, but in biblically speaking, they're not equal. But we have this, this whole idea, this whole industry built around superheroes. I want to give you four thoughts really quickly about a savior. You need a savior because saving is needed. Why do you need a Savior? Because you need to be saved. If you could do it all by yourself, you would not need a Savior. If you could handle it all by yourself, there would be no need to have a Savior. So why do we have a Savior? Because I, David Stunenberg, cannot do it on my own. I need somebody to come and help me and to repair me and to place things in me and to do things for me that I cannot do at all. And therefore, I need a Savior. 
This is not some choice that's an either or. I need a Savior because I cannot do it on my own. That I could not restore the things that happened when Adam sinned and Eve sinned. I could not restore them. I needed somebody who could save me and restore those. And so do you and I. Everyone in this world needs a Savior. So why do I need a Savior? Because saving is needed. If there was no need there'd be no requirement. You don't think you need a Savior? Have you looked at your Facebook feed? It's messy. Life is messy. I need a Savior. If you look at the definition of Savior, one of the things you'll find out is the whole purpose of a savior is for the benefit of others think about this the savior receives no benefit from doing the saving except the benefit of the family but of the relationship but the he doesn't get the benefit of enjoying oh i just saved somebody he saved somebody why for the benefit of me i receive the complete benefit of what the savior has done for me and think of this in superhero terms. Thor. Who receives the benefit? The guys that, that he saves, he takes care of. They do it for other people. What's another reason why a Savior is needed? A Savior is needed when deliverance is required. A Savior is needed... When deliverance is required. In Matthew 8, it's the disciples are in the boat and they said, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. His response to them is, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he speaks to the storm. In Psalm, and I'm going to use a number of Psalms this morning because David and the psalmist, it's amazing to see the emotion of the psalmist, but if you want to get delivered, you get into life. You get doing things, and you need God to help you. If you just sit down in your pew Sunday after Sunday, God doesn't need to do a whole lot for you. But if you decide that I'm not just going to sit in the pew, but the six other days of the week, I'm going to go and I'm going to do some work for my Savior, and I'm going to go after lives, and I'm going to go after salvation, and I'm going to go help people. You, you start doing that, and all of a sudden you find out you need somebody to help you. And I'll be honest with you, that's what it's all about. So why is a Savior needed? Because deliverance is required. In Psalm 34, verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Anybody here have fears? There's a lot of interesting teaching going on. Don't be afraid. Do be afraid. I'm, I'm not going to get in. I'll be honest with you. We have fears. He wouldn't tell you not to be afraid if you didn't have fears. So we have fears. It's what we do with them that's important. Some of you wake up in the middle of the night. Why? Because you fear what's going to happen at 8 o'clock in the morning when you get to work. Some of you wake up 
because you fear what's going to happen at the end of the month. Or you fear about your child, or you fear about your friend, or you, you fear about yourself. I'm here to tell you that he delivers you. He delivers you. Anybody here need some deliverance this morning? He's here to deliver you. Because that's what a Savior does. <laughs> I wrote down here, don't answer by saying I need to be delivered from my little brother or my little sister. I'm, I, or I need to be delivered from the holiday meals that I'm going to have with people I don't really like. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about delivering you. That's, sometimes that deliverance is, is all on you. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but there's an aspect of deliverance that's required that only a Savior can provide. And I'm here to tell you, that Savior is Jesus. And we have a picture of him born in a manger, but what we don't realize is we also have this picture of him defeating the enemy and stomping on his head and being victorious and saying, I rule and I am the King of kings and I'm the Lord of lords. And sometimes I think we've painted ourselves a little picture of a little baby and we don't realize the power and the majesty and the might that he brings and the awesomeness of our king. Why do we need a Savior? Because deliverance is required. If you live life to any extent, it won't take you long to realize I need to be delivered here because I just made a mess. Have you ever made a mess not trying to make a mess? Have you ever said, how did this happen? All I was trying to do was be... How did this happen? All I was trying to do was... I'm here to tell you God can help you. I'm also here to tell you don't do it again. But he can help you. He's a deliverer. That's one of the aspects of a savior. A third reason why a savior is required, a savior is required because protection is needed. Do you know your savior protects you? And he protects you without even you having to ask him. Have you ever had to ask somebody for help? Jesus is here and he's ready to help you and he's prepared to protect you before you even ask him. In Psalm 57 verse 1, David's running from Saul and he's in a cave. And he says, can you imagine this? He's running away. He's hiding. He's in a cave. And the king, Saul, is chasing him. And he says this, in that condition, can you imagine? Listen, this is a condition that I believe we need to get to as believers. In that condition, even though he's running and fearing for his life, he says, in the shadow of your wings will I take refuge. Protection. I thought I was doing what you were telling me to do, God, and some of these situations have come and I can't figure them out. And humanly speaking, we often figure we need to understand this, we need to be able to figure this out, we need to have that equation solved. Sometimes that equation never gets solved. 
And are you prepared when those questions are there and there's a not equal sign and it doesn't make sense? Are you prepared in all of that to say, in your shadows, I will take refuge? And by the way, when you think of a shadow, that means you're pretty close to the object. Pastor Sean preached last week on friendship. Friendship requires that you become a friend. Not a Facebook friend. <laughs> psalm 91. If you want to see a psalm all about protection, read Psalm 91. And what I am amazed by Psalm 91 is the first verse. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. There's a secret place in God that you get to that you hide in. And that's where you're protected. Why is a Savior needed? Because protection is needed. Anybody here ever need protection? I remember as a kid, I got to go to this one story. As a kid, I had five brothers older than me. So whenever I got in trouble with other kids, I felt like I had immediate protection. And you know what? It's pretty comforting. With the king of kings, you have even closer, quicker, and better protection. The fourth reason a savior is required when there's a need to be rescued. There's no, you don't need, if you don't need to be rescued, you don't need a savior. And I'm here to tell you, it says that unto us was born this day in the city of David a savior. He's here to rescue you. I'm not going to start singing rescue me, but he's here to rescue you. Psalm 71, verse 2, it says, In your righteousness deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I, I just love reading the Psalms because here's a guy, and it's not just written by David. There's other psalmists, but time after time after time, he seems to be in a pickle. And what does he do? Help me. Save me. Protect. Does he deserve it? I'm not sure if I have every single time it was deserved, but he, he goes, no, I deserve it because I'm his kid. He's my savior. He's my king. In Hebrews, it says, come to me boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. And we have been programmed in time of need to run and hide. But I'm here to tell you, in time of need, run to your Savior and call on him boldly. Why is a Savior needed and required? Because there's need to be rescued. Our Savior does not check in and check out. He's there 24-7. And today we're celebrating all around us Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. And I'm here to tell you, your Savior is here to protect you, to rescue you, to guard you, to save you, to be with you.
I'd like to go back to verse 11, and I want to read that again, and I want to show you a couple thoughts about this in closing. It says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I want you to see some thoughts here. First of all, it says today. Some of you are running around chasing solutions or what you think are solutions. And I'm here to tell you, today, right now, there's been born for you a Savior. He's got your time. He knows your time. It's distinct from yesterday. It's distinct from tomorrow. It's today. The next thing I want you to see in that verse, it says, but for today in the city of David, not only does he know the time, but he also knows the place. He knows where you are. He knows places. And this morning, as we celebrate our Savior, I'm here to tell you, he knows what time it is. It's today. And he also knows the place. He knows where you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows what time it is. The next thing I see out of this verse is, uh, for today in the city of David, there's been born for you. Sometimes this might sound funny, or, and I'm not trying to be silly, but sometimes I think we need to get a little more greedy when it becomes as to what God has for us. And I'm not trying to be silly. I know Pastor Nelson, he, he, he'd sometimes say to us, if there was a ministry here that he wanted to receive from, he'd say, David, you better watch out because I'll push you over in order to get there and get it. And he wasn't being mean, but what he was saying is, is there was something there for him that he wanted. And I'm here to tell you, today, there's been born for you. If he's been born for you, I would suggest you take all of him that you can get. And he's not afraid of you taking all of him for you because that's what a Savior does. A Savior says, I'm here completely for everything for you. He's born for you. And the last thing out of that verse, today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior, Christ the Lord. Time, place, purpose, and a person. And if I can humbly say, I need him. We all need him. And if we need him, how about everybody else? So as we celebrate 
Christmas, today being Christmas Eve, and the world around us is focused on this time of the year. And the idea sometimes is goodwill and all the nice, warm feelings that accompany Christmas. And I'm not against that. In fact, that's awesome. I'd like to have that more times of the year. I would suggest to you that you have something that can bless somebody else because of the Savior that you know. And this time of the year can be quite hard on some people because the emotion and the excitement but also the pain can be just as real. So I'm here to tell you, you have a Savior. You have a Savior. His name is Jesus. And he was born for you. At a certain time, at a certain place for you. And if you go back one verse, the angel said, I have good news of great joy. The Savior is not there to make you unhappy. He's good news. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.